whenever you think that Ferrari are going to get it back right, it, they just don't. They just they absolutely do not. And it's I talk about being like sad for 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 McLaren fans. But Jesus Christ, man, being a Ferrari fan is like it's like self-torture at this point. They, they just continue to just wet the bed every single time they get out on track. I mean, for them to have only won four races last year with the car that they had is absolutely unforgivable. What is good, everybody? This is your boy Mel, aka Naldo Formula One, and you are now tuned into the Naldo Formula One podcast. This is a very special episode. I finally made it to episode 10, guys. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for all the people that have supported so far, all the people that have listened, tuned in to any of my content across any of the platforms. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it's been growing. I'm happy with the progress that I've made so far, but I'm looking to continue and keep this thing moving forward, man. So with that being said, man, please continue interacting. Follow me on all my socials. It's at Naldo Formula One on everything. Uh, The TikTok is growing the fastest. I think I'm up to almost 350 followers on TikTok. So I want the Instagram page, Twitter to grow at that exact same pace uh so just give me a follow on all of those platforms man they'll all be linked in the description wherever you're listening to this at on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube wherever i really appreciate the support guys y'all are my a1 since day one we team naldo baby so drop a purple heart on the comments make sure you guys leave me a five-star review subscribe to the youtube channel hit the notification bell so that you are notified every single time that i upload any type of content to youtube and yeah man so let's go ahead and get into this race man i'm so happy that formula one is back i'm just gonna chat a little bit about the 2023 bahrain grand prix give you guys a little bit of my honest reactions and that sort of thing i'm I'm ecstatic. I'm over the moon that Formula One is back, even though we might not have had the debut that I initially looked forward to having. I'm so excited that we're finally able to just have racing again. I, it it has been a tough, tough winter break. I am, as you guys probably know already, I, I love basketball. I do love football and other sports like that. But Formula One has just always been I can't even say always been it. Formula one is just my current love right now. I won't miss a race, wake up at the butt crack of dawn sometimes when I have to. Most of the time I'm in Texas. So most of the time the races are at a decent hour. I'm usually up anyway. I wake up at like seven, six fifty seven ish during the week. So I'm probably already up to watch qualifying in the races anyway. I usually miss most practice sessions. They're way too early in the morning. The joints be at like like four or five o'clock in the morning. And that's not, not something I'm really looking to get into. And then you can't really tell too much from practice sessions anyway. I mean, unless you really, really know what you're looking for. And I don't think I'm there yet to the point to where I'm really like deep diving into what's going on in practice sessions and the team's runs and all that stuff. But I'll skip all the, the technical jargon and stuff like that, but, and just get straight away into the racing. So it was an okay race. It was an okay opener. I think it was a little bit anticlimactic just from people's expectations towards the end of last year because we had some crazy races at the end of last year with like Austin and Japan and um, 
even Abu Dhabi had some real tense story points. And obviously Brazil being probably one of, if not the best race of the year last year. I didn't have it as my number one. I had Silverstone, uh, the British Grand Prix as my number one. But the Brazilian Grand Prix was right behind it with George Russell getting his maiden victory and the battle between Lewis and Max and Lewis trying to hawk down George at the end of the race to potentially steal the victory away. Just all of that good stuff. But if you guys watch my watch along, you already know kind of what happened throughout that entire race. But we're here to talk about a different competition today, which is the season opener for 2023, the Bahrain GP. And man, it there were some interesting points, and I think we've got a lot to take away from Bahrain and a lot to look forward to as far as some teams look a lot better than others. And it seems like the field is kind of spreading out a little bit as opposed to getting closer together. In qualifying, it actually was pretty close together. If I do say so myself, it, I think the entire top like 15 was covered by like just over a second which is usually unheard of. Usually the bottom teams can be up to two to three seconds off of the pace per lap. But it seems like overall in qualifying pace, the field has closed up a little bit more. But that can't be said so much for the race. The race was kind of its own entity. So we saw Max Verstappen take the win for the first race of 2023, which I'm just going to go kind of go off on a tangent a little bit, which is known to be sort of a cursed position to be in. Now, I don't think that curse is going to hold true this year. I think that Max will probably end up breaking that curse this year with taking this championship. But traditionally, I think since 2017, the person who has won the, the Bahrain Grand Prix has gone on to finish second in the championship. So, like, Charles won it last year, and he finished second in the championship. Lewis won it in 2021. He finished second in the championship. And I believe Max won it in 2020 and finished second in the championship and so on and so forth. But you guys get the picture. But I don't think that's going to apply this year. I think that Max and Red Bull have a great package over there. It doesn't really seem like the punishment that they've received with their arrow. <clears throat> has slowed them down really if if at all i don't really think it has uh, they were supposed to believe, receive i believe a 10 percent overall of their arrow time reduction for breaking the cost cap of last season well not last season i guess that would be 2021 technically but they were discovered to be breaking the cost cap in 2022 and so they received a penalty of a large fine and a 10% wind tunnel reduction rate. And now that does apply throughout this whole season. So we'll see how that affects Red Bull going forward with their wind tunnel time and trying to develop upgrades and stuff like that. But I don't really know if it's going to be necessary because it seems as if they are so far clear of the field that it's probably not going to matter anyway. It really just the package that they've put together and Max driving the way that he is, as much as I hate to say it, sometimes it's just, it's a winning combo right now, and it's pretty much an unbeatable combo. I mean, George Russell came out. He was being a little bit overdramatic, but he George Russell came out and said that he believes that Max and Red Bull will probably win every single race this season. Now, I don't think that's going to be true. I, I hope it's not true. I don't think we've ever seen that in Formula One. I know there have been a couple drivers from way back in the day that have 
like won every race that they participated in, but they didn't participate in every single race. So it's a little bit different, but I don't think, I think it's a long season. I think everybody just needs to pump pump the brakes a little bit. And we know that George can be a little bit dramatic and overzealous in some of his statements. So I don't think that's necessarily going to hold true throughout the entire season, but it's undeniable that Red Bull have a insane package this year. It's they're rapid. I believe that Max finished 12 or 13 seconds ahead of his teammate Sergio in second place. And I believe Sergio was about 35 seconds ahead of the field. If I'm not mistaken, I can actually, I can actually double check that right now, but just to continue on with the, the discussion, I do believe that Max is going to be completely dominant this year, the same as he was last year. I think he's on for his third title in a row, which would put him in some rarefied air, if I do say so myself, with winning three straight um, three straight drivers' championships. I believe Red Bull will run away with the Constructors' Championship this year, giving them two in a row, and was at six overall. Uh, creeping up on Mercedes a little bit. But, yeah, man. So, yes, I was actually correct. Max finished 12 seconds ahead of Checo, and Checo finished, what is this, 27? 27, so 30-ish, give or take, seconds ahead of Fernando Alonso in third. And speaking of Fernando Alonso, what a race for him and Aston Martin. Taking a podium, his first podium since – what was that? Qatar of 2021 and his 99th overall podium in his entire career. What an amazing race for Fernando. I think I've been on record saying that I'm not the biggest Fernando fan, but it's kind of hard to not be happy for the guy, especially at his age and the level that he's performing at. And boy, did he make the right damn call. I know Fernando has made some questionable moves, like career moves in his his past, like the McLaren Honda days and all of that good stuff. Even the McLaren Renault days of like the late 2010s was some questionable moves. And then retiring, coming back multiple times and all of that good stuff. If you're not familiar with Fernando's career, I'm sure there's definitely plenty of YouTube videos on it. If not, let me know. I might cover that in a future video or any kind of future content. But Fernando has made some questionable career decisions. But it seems like as if this one might have been a little bit of a banger. I can't even say a little bit. It might be a lot of bit of a banger because Aston Martin seem like they are going to be on an absolute tear this season. They've come out of absolutely nowhere. They probably had maybe the seventh fastest car on the grid last year. And now it seems like they might have the third fastest car on the grid, if not the second fastest car on the grid, because Fernando seemed very well suited to just cruise right by Carlos Sainz. Now, I highly doubt he would have got that podium without Charles Leclerc's retirement with an engine failure and we'll touch on Charles Leclerc a little bit later on in the show but Jesus Christ Fernando was flying seeing him just absolutely just fly by Lewis like that and make that move down the inside of turn 10 and kind of switch back him a little bit I think he caught Lewis off guard but man that that Fernando can drive and it's almost it's undeniable at this point He's he's extremely talented, and it seemed like Aston Martin, all the sacrifices they made in 2022 
with all their research and development have finally paid off. And it stings just a little bit more because Aston Martin used so many Mercedes parts and they use their wind tunnel for Christ's sake. So it's got to be an embarrassing moment for Mercedes being Aston Martin's engine supplier, providing them with so many resources and you're getting smacked up by them in the first race. So, yeah, I think that Mercedes have a lot of work to do this season and they got some pretty, pretty big decisions to make in uh, the future. So, yeah, man, I think that we'll see what what develops as far as the season goes on and continues. I don't know if Mercedes are going to be able to close this gap and get to the point where they were kind of at the end of last year, where they were pretty much the second fastest car on the grid. They were consistent. They were even fighting to potentially win races every now and then at specific tracks. It seems like they've taken more of a step back when they've pretty much advertised that they were taking a step forward and that they were looking to obviously close the gap up to the field. And it, in all visuals that I've seen and pretty much anybody else in the media and that watches Formula One seems like they've taken a step back and they might have the fourth fastest car on the grid. Now, I do want to pump the brakes just a little bit because it's a long season. There's a lot of different tracks on the season. Some tracks require different things from the cars and the drivers as opposed to others. And so the season will even itself out and kind of level the playing field in a way to the point to where you'll see where your strengths and weak and weaknesses are. I do think that certain tracks will, pro- will probably benefit Mercedes as opposed to maybe Bahrain, which is a very bumpy, very abrasive surface, um, high speed, technical, and, and also a lot of long straights as well. Bahrain, I mean, the main pitch straight is one of the longest on the entire calendar. So we'll see how... Mercedes progresses as the season goes on, but I am a little bit worried just because of the talk that kind of happened after the race and Lewis has came out and kind of confirmed that he doesn't believe in the direction where the car is going right now. All right, guys, my bad. I needed a quick water break. I felt like I was sounding nasally and my throat was starting to feel congested and stuff like that. I was out of town this weekend, so I think I might have maybe picked up a a bug of some sorts. I'm hoping not. I feel overall like my body feels fine, but just trying to take all the precautions, stay hydrated, you know, all of that good stuff. So back to what I was saying about Lewis and Mercedes in the car. I believe that Lewis pretty much has come out directly and said that he doesn't necessarily believe in the direction of the car as far as the arrow and the whole philosophy of how the chassis is built. And Toto pretty much came out and confirmed that after the race and said that they're potentially looking to move in a different direction, which could possibly mean that they scrapped the season as a whole altogether and potentially just look to move forward to 2024, which I'm hoping is not the case necessarily because I feel like they there's no way they could have done all this research for Nathan for nothing. Right. It, it, there has to be something to the zero side pod design. If you're not familiar with the zero side pod design, I'll throw a picture up here and then I'll throw up a picture of like Red Bull or Ferrari as a comparison to kind of give you guys something to to look at as far as what Mercedes philosophy is going with and how different it is to pretty much every car on the grid. It seems like they've, they're simulated something about what they're, 
simulator data is giving them and their all their test data is giving them versus what they're actually producing on track just isn't matching up for whatever reason. There's just something that can't be accounted for with the simulator data. And obviously, real life is just going to provide different challenges. And especially when you start running with other cars, that all of that stuff affects how the cars ran. So we'll see how they, they, they go moving forward. But it does seem like... Mercedes is very, very discombobulated at the moment. Now, the drivers are in good spirits. I did hear some rumors earlier today about potentially Mercedes are looking to scrap this design and come with a whole new design towards the end of April with major upgrades and potentially looking to switch up their entire philosophy this season. So we'll see how that plays out. But for now, we're kind of just we're kind of where we're at. I'm a little saddened and disheartened because I mean, Mercedes, everybody was excited. Mercedes back to black. We knew we thought that the Mercedes domination era was back and all of that good stuff. And I think they probably even believed it to a certain extent. But Toto was trying to pretty much curb expectations towards the beginning of the season and in preseason testing. That's his, his whole model was about curbing expectations. And everybody was wondering, are they sandbagging and testing and practice and that sort of thing? Or is this just their genuine pace? And I believe that it was a mixture of both. I believe that there probably will be certain tracks in the future that they'll probably thrive at. But for now, we're kind of just stuck with the data that we have and the fact that they struggled at Bahrain. So we'll see how they, they fare moving forward. But it's not looking too hot for Mercedes, especially with the emergence of Aston Martin. They had the benefit of pretty much being clear of the rest of the midfield in 2022. But now with Aston Martin taking this humongous leap forward, they are no longer clear of the rest of the field and they have to get back to the, get back to work and get back to the drawing board and try to produce results because right now it's just not good enough for the driver's that they have and the talent that they have in the team. I don't think the drivers are obviously going anywhere. I believe that they believe that Mercedes can deliver, but it does have to be said that somebody's going to have to be held accountable. And the buck pretty much stops with, with Toto and the lead designers and lead chief technical officers. And that's not that type of thing. So yeah, man, we'll see. But it's not looking too hot for Mercedes and all of us who support Mercedes and Lewis and all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, man, uh, moving forward, it McLaren fans, how are you doing, guys? Jesus Christ, bro. Like, McLaren fans, I know you guys are going through it because they looked absolutely horrendous this weekend like i felt for him i'm not really so much a team guy i would say i support mercedes but that's more so because i support lewis and not necessarily the team i mean i think that most f1 fans nowadays are pretty m much more driver focused as opposed to team focused. i think that's a sports thing in general though it's, it's except for maybe american football i believe american football has some pretty loyal fans as far as the teams but for pretty much all other sports in the world and maybe maybe football too. Like I, I think that Madrid fans and like Man U fans and Liverpool fans are loyal to their their teams. But I think that other sports have pretty much become mostly mostly player slash performer based. So people support like the players or the drivers or whatever, as opposed to 
the teams. And so I would definitely put myself in that category when it comes to like F1. So I'm more of a Lewis fan than I am a Mercedes fan. If I had to support a team, it'd probably be McLaren, which makes me like even more sad because I like Lando. I like Oscar. I love McLaren as a brand, as a car brand, but they are just not producing and they're just going, just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I don't know how they're going to dig themselves out of this hole. Uh, we knew it was going to be bad from all of the rumors and all the quotes that we had gotten in preseason. But boy, is it so much worse than we originally thought it was going to be. They looked bad as far as like reliability issues with Oscar's car and Lando's car. They had to pit Lando like three or four times in the first like 25% of the race. And it was just, it was awful. They had to retire Oscar. He didn't qualify well. Lando didn't qualify great. It was just a, an entire shit show for McLaren. And I really hope that they can pull it together because McLaren is just one of those teams that like F1 is better when McLaren is good. They're kind of like the Knicks or like the Yankees, not in stature. Like obviously, Ferrari, I think, is the has the highest pedigree in formula one but mclaren is just kind of one of those teams that the league and the sport is better when they're good mclaren has so much history in winning in f1 that i think that it's almost a necessity to for them to be successful and we've heard these rumors year after year after year that there were this close to being to winning like what am i trying to say that we're this close to basically breaking back into our winning ways and fighting for wins and championships and oh, give us two years or give us three years or X amount of years, whatever. And we'll be back to our winning ways. And they just have not produced the results and it just keeps pushing back. Like two years ago, they said we were two, three years away. Now this off season, they said we were two or three years away. So when is it going to be time for, you to put the money where your mouth is and stop writing checks that your ass can't cash and produce the results and win races because the drivers that they have in their team are not going to stick around very much longer if they continue to give them cars like this lando i think is ready to win races and compete for titles but McLaren aren't providing him the car. Oscar is one of the best rookies that we've seen. Pretty much, I think the best rookie that we've seen or F1 prospect that we've seen since Charles Leclerc. And so they gotta they gotta produce the car and they gotta they gotta get right. Otherwise they'll they'll keep losing all this talent and they could find themselves out of Formula One as a whole. I think that. It, if they don't produce, I, I think Lando will probably give them one more year. If they don't produce in 2024, I think Lando is going to start looking elsewhere. Now, I don't know where that could be. I think that Ferrari are pretty happy where they're at. Obviously, Leclerc is their golden boy. And I think Sainz is a great number two driver that can come in and win races when you need him to. And it's pretty consistent throughout the course of the year. I think that Red Bull is a potential landing spot for Lando. I think that if Lando became available on the market, I think they would. I'm pretty confident that they would drop Checo in a heartbeat to pick up Lando. I think they were in some preliminary just kind of chatting 
as we're walking talks with Lando this past winter break because of his situation. And there was rumblings that he might not be happy at McLaren. And I'm still kind of confused on why Lando signed that long of a deal with McLaren, especially when they hadn't proven anything in God knows how long since the like the Hamilton button days pretty much is the last time that McLaren was even remotely competitive. So I think that Red Bull could be a potential landing spot. Now, how that dynamic would work with him and Max, obviously we have no clue. I think, I don't think Lando is cool being a number two driver. I think that he is talented enough and hungry enough to challenge, want to challenge a driver like Max. So I don't know how that dynamic works. I think Red Bull have been pretty adamant on this number one, number two clear cut role thing, but we'll just have to see where it goes moving forward. I think that with Lewis saying that he's staying for till for the foreseeable future, I don't think that a Mercedes seat would open up for him and it's pretty much any other any other team would probably be a lateral move outside unless Aston can just keep up this wild performance. But then again, who is he going to replace? Stroll pretty much has a guaranteed seat with his father owning the team. So his father's obviously never going to fire his son. It doesn't matter what he does. And Fernando is putting it on the podium in the debut race. So I really don't see how that opens up for him either. And any other thing, any other team would probably be a lateral move. So the driver market is always crazy, though. You never know who's going to retire and that sort of thing. Silly season. So we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, One team that I did want to touch on that I didn't hear a lot about over the weekend was Williams. Williams actually put in a magnificent performance, in my opinion. Albon scored points again in this race in the Williams. I believe Albon finished 10th. And Logan Sargent was very close to scoring points points in his debut and i'm happy to see that not only because he's american and we finally got an american driver back in f1 but because there wasn't a lot of expectations coming his way at least high expectations coming his way when the season started or in when after he signed the contract everybody said they'd probably be the lowest driver on the grid he'd probably crash a lot i heard a lot of predictions mostly negative surrounding Logan Sargent's name, but to come out and put it, yeah, in P12, just a couple couple seconds off of Yuki Sonoda and his teammate for points, man, that, that is what a performance for a rookie in a car that probably isn't that great and probably doesn't deserve to be that high. Now, I know we had three DNFs, and all of those were probably faster cars, so they would have been lower down the grid. But, hey, you have to drive against who's in front of you and who's around you. So you can't really control what other teams are doing as far as their reliability issues. I think that Williams potentially has a really solid lineup on their hands, and if they can get a get some real good funding in and start trying to hit that, that cost cap every single year, I think that they can definitely become a competitive outfit and work their way back into – fighting for leading the midfield essentially and maybe who knows down the line fighting for wins again because Williams is just another one of those teams that they're a great underdog story and they have so much history in Formula One that who knows man I'd love to see them be great again all right so let's just let's talk about Ferrari for a second man it just whenever you think that Ferrari are going to get it back right it they just don't 
They just, they absolutely do not. And it's, I talk about being like sad for, for, for McLaren fans, but Jesus Christ, man, being a Ferrari fan is like, it's like self-torture at this point. They, they just continue to just wet the bed every single time they get out on track. I mean, for them to have only won four races last year with the car that they had is absolutely unforgivable. I can't even believe that I said that. Like when I went back and reviewed the season and kind of went over what had happened, when I kind of tallied up that Ferrari only won four races last year, when for the first half of the season, it seemed like they had the fastest car. I, I can't even say it seemed like they did have the fastest car. And their reliability issues, their strategy issues, the tire wear problems, there was just so much working against them that they could not figure out. And it it drove me insane. Even as somebody who's not a Ferrari fan, it it's, it's almost impossible to watch like watching Leclerc retire from that race with an issue with an issue with his energy store unit which you only get two of you only get a certain number of components for your engine every year and any components that you take after that will classify for an engine penalty and so it's looking like Leclerc is probably going to have to take an engine penalty next next week in Saudi because they replaced the energy store before the race. You only get two for the season. So they replaced the one that he was going to start the season with out of basically precaution because they thought that there was something wrong with it. Then they put a new one in and then that one blew up. So it's, it's, it's unbearable, man. I can't even believe that what I'm witnessing. I mean, they were already off the pace to begin with, at least off the pace of Red Bull. But now it seems like not only are they off the pace, but they're going to have these, these reliability issues too. And if you're having to take engine penalties, that's just making your job harder on Sunday because you're starting five, 10 places back, or even from the back of the grid, which is pretty much hard and hard as hell, if not impossible, if you don't have just a rocket ship of a car that can cut through the field and depending on the track, you just might physically not be able to cut through the field. So man, Ferrari going to have to get it together. Signs pretty much had nothing for Alonzo. He tried to fight it as much as he could, but he pretty much came on the radio and said that if I try to fight Fernando too much, I'm not going to have the tires to finish the race and we'll lose out to Hamilton and Stroll and potentially even Russell too, who finished seventh. So you go from fourth place to, to, to seventh. And so he pretty much had to just accept his fate. So it's not looking too hot for Ferrari right now, but boy, Oh my gosh. So I just want to reel off some of my favorite moments from the race these are not like scripted. I didn't plan this out. I'm just going off the top of the dome here, just kind of quick fire stuff. So number one had to be the action between uh, Fernando and Lewis. It's always exciting watching them battle on track because they're so harsh with each other. But for the most part, it's usually pretty fair. And Fernando usually just knows how to maneuver around Lewis and Usually when he has the pace, he can put up a pretty damn good fight. Now, I thought Lewis was going to be able to hold him off, but I don't think he had the tires to do it. And I just honestly don't think he had the pace the, this week. We'll see how that goes moving forward. But it does seem like it's going to be a really intense battle with like between those two for, uh, for the pretty much the, the duration of the entire season. And so I'm excited to watch that. Another moment was... 
Nick DeVries and his teammate Yuki Sonoda fighting. Uh, Yuki, I think, is out to prove something this year. I think that he needs to prove that he's in control of that team and that Red Bull is not wasting their resources on him. I do believe that he's talented enough to do it, but he just has to learn to kind of woosah and like control his emotions and kind of stay within himself because we all know that Yuki can be very animated. I mean, he's been on the radios going off and cursing his engineers out and getting frustrated with himself and just all that kind of stuff. So, We'll just have to see, but that battle was pretty, pretty awesome too. Watching Stroll and Russell kind of fight, and even watching—I I guess I can't even say so much the Stroll and Russell fight, but I think just watching Stroll in general. I'm also not a huge Stroll fan. It just—it's just something about him. I think it's just the—it's the persona that surrounds, and most of the stuff probably isn't true, but it's the the daddy's money persona surrounding him and on it well really for me it's a lot of it's just his voice i just for every reason the sound of his voice just bugs me and it's, i'm not really trying to throw like a stray at lance stroll but yeah it just kind of is what it is but for him to have like broken his wrist not too long ago i think less than a month ago and to be in the car and driving and fighting mercedes for points and finishing in the top six is commendable and i think that it was a great performance he did have a couple moments where he ran wide and missed his apex or missed breaking points or turn in points but overall it was a very solid performance man i have to give it to you lance stroll nice you get a you get a gold star for it you get a gold star for this week but yeah, those are just a couple of the moments that I can just think of off the top of my head that really stuck out to me. There were a couple of other battles in the midfield that were cool, but you know how the TV direction gets. And speaking of the TV direction, we were literally watching a battle for the top five and they they cut away to show me like a battle for like 12th and 13th. And I swear to God, I'm like ready to strangle like whoever's in charge of the F1 TV direction, like stop cutting away from action that's at the top of the field to show me these back markers. I don't I don't give a damn or show me a pit stop or some shit like that. It drives me nuts. Excuse my French, but good God, man, I'm, I'm getting so irritated with that. And it seems like they would have heard the feedback over the last like three seasons where we've had this this bad TV direction and now it's starting to become like noticeable to me. And I think it's becoming noticeable to the general public who are just watching races too. just just stop that shit. I know I just went off on a tangent, but yeah, it's like F1 do better, man. Jesus Christ, dude. So, yeah, I'm. we got Saudi Arabia, not this coming up weekend, but the weekend following. So two weeks in between. Bahrain and Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia for all the controversy and whether we should race there or not. Saudi Arabia is an exciting track, so I'm excited. Street circuit, high speed, dangerous, just all the things that you love about a motor race. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little bit nervous as far as just being a Lewis fan because Lewis struggled last year. That was his first Q1 exit, I believe, since 20, like, 17 16 or 17 and mercedes didn't go great around Jeddah last year well george finished in the top five but the pace wasn't necessarily the greatest last year so i am nervous about that but i'm gonna hope for the best let's just pray for some good action 
and a safe race. Obviously, I don't want anybody to crash and and get hurt. It's always dangerous at street circuits because they're so tight. The walls are so close to you. You're literally centimeters, even millimeters from the wall at any given point in time at street circuits. So let's just pray for a safe and exciting race. And yeah, that is it. I will see you guys in about a week and a half when you're hearing this for my reaction to the Jetta race. Make sure, like I said, make sure you follow me and interact with me on all my social medias. If you have any questions regarding Formula One or any topics that you want me to like cover in the future for any of my like auxiliary series for the podcast or TikToks or any of that, just let me know on the comments of any of my videos or tweets or Instagram posts, any of that. Like I said, make sure you like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast audio wise, make sure you leave me a five star review on whatever platform that you're listening to, download, all that stuff. Just keep the interactions going. Work the algorithm, man. Just just kind of massage the algorithm and let's 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 run this up man let's run these numbers up all right man i'll see you guys later peace